The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you guys about the MLB Roto Baller Challenge, hosted by our friends at Fantrax on Fantrax.com. Fantrax is the most customizable free fantasy baseball platform in the industry, and that's why we're hosting over our 2022 Roto Baller Challenge over on Fantrax. If you want the greatest fantasy experiments, sign up for a free Roto Baller Challenge team today by going to rotoballer.com backslash challenge. All leagues are free to join, and you get to compete against Roto Baller writers and readers for a shot at $500 cash grand prize. All new Fantrax users get entered into a free giveaway to win a signed official MLB Wander Franco jersey. If you want to get entered to win a Wander Franco jersey and you're new to Fantrax, go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba and sign up for your free Fantrax account today. Once you have your Fantrax account, go to rotoballer.com backslash challenge to join the challenge league. But go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba to create your Fantrax account. Be entered to win a Wander Franco autographed jersey. But for now, welcome to Benched with Bubba. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 456. I have a special guest returning to the show to talk about some recent news, some main event drafting in Las Vegas, Nevada, and much, much more. You obviously know who this person is. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson and all his awesome work at rotowire.com, SiriusXM, and much, much more. Jeff, how are we doing, my friend? It's Talk Too Much Tuesday. I'm thrilled to be here, Bubba. Thanks for having me. I know you got your golf going on. You got your Sirius XM. You got a little bit of everything. Yeah, got and, uh, Fred and I tonight doing a OC tonight. It's tis the season. I'm, tis I got the season. draft order for my second main. Nice. I'm in the another draft with Posma. Yay! I saw Thanks. that. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's okay. Um, I, I love talking golf with you, but we have a lot of baseball to talk. But I will ask you this much because of everything, the craziness that's happening is Tiger playing. 
I saw he did his practice round yep. today. Um, he may just like to play with Charlie. I don't know, but yeah. uh, boy, what how great is it to be Charlie? But uh, <laughs> yeah. to go to play Augusta, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yep. But uh, it's only what the only thing we'll be talking about next week for at least well, by the time I do the next gaming golf podcast, we'll know probably because it'll be Tuesday next week. True. Uh, but yeah, if he does play, oh my gosh, just bananas. Yeah, we got Masters Thursday on opening day as well. Right? It's, it's just a bananas day. As you said, yeah. it's going to be absolutely awesome. And Tigers just makes it even crazier. So that'll be fun to talk about going forward. But what was a lot of fun to follow along with, because unfortunately I couldn't make it, was you guys in Vegas for the NFPC main event weekend um, and other drafts, of course, mm-hmm. had a, a, an awesome time between the parties, the social, just the drafting in general, the camaraderie that took place. It, it was pretty darn amazing. But for me, the real fun of this is like texting Toby and other people um, about their drafts. And you got the luxury of sitting next to this wonderful individual <laughs> for your main event. And it, we joke about it because every time we've done barf or it seems like any league we're in together, we're next to each other. Somehow, of course, just of how course. it works. And so I laughed. I'm like, oh, somebody else gets to do it now. So what was it like first drafting next to the guy you know is taking Garrett Cole number two and probably a bunch of other pitchers? Something we talked about the night before, too. He even told me, I'm taking Garrett Cole. And, yeah. you know, I know Toby. I mean, he's going to go pitchers. It informed my second round pick. I knew that if I wanted to get Liam Hendricks, I would have to take him. I did in the second round. It was, it was right before Toby there. Uh, but it's great. I mean, this is a this is one of two podcast leagues. I'm doing a, a main main event cast Thursday, and have Toby going to have Rudy Gamble going to have uh, Brock uh, Brock Monster, and of course uh, we're also going to get uh, Matty Wood. So nice. Matty Davis. So we're talking a lot of people talk a lot. It wasn't quite as loud as the Sporer table, but the Sporer Justin Mason table. But uh, it's still a lot of people who do a lot of talking. It, that's one of the things about the NFPC yeah. main event. It, it's really cool. Is there's a lot of us that are information providers, fantasy information providers that are also doing the main event. It used to be just a couple of us and now there's a lot more of us. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it was fun to see like uh, all all you guys there. It felt like almost first pitch invades Vegas type feel to it, uh, the way it was all going on. So it, it was cool to see. I will uh, definitely make a point to be there next year. Things just didn't allow for it this year, but uh I will head to Vegas for sure. Drafting, we'll see, but I'll be there for sure and experience it. But let's talk about your team some more. I heard you guys run through a lot of it on the Sunday night show, you and Scott, sure. which is definitely the staple of the of the podcasting uh, fantasy deal. But how do you feel just in general? Like, I know like we always have our, our pros and our cons. Like, what do you like and dislike about the squad after, you, you know, it's been about 48 hours or so, 72 hours? I'm a little light on speed. Um I'm a little heavy on Cody Bellinger in my life. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not really, you know, get that update uh, two hours later. He struck out 14 times. Ah, okay, great. Um, but he, we were talking about with Scott, and you might have heard that. You look at the hitters that went after that. I guess it was here, Cattell uh, Marte, uh, who run within the next round of picks, hitters at least. Uh, I mean, I, I could have waited to Brian Reynolds and he runs a similar amount. We'll see. I, Bellinger didn't die. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not over with yet, but you look at my draft and I made some decisions here and there and every decision, every consequence came to fruition. Like, okay, I'm not going to take uh, Tommy Edmond. I'm going to take Alec Manoa. I know that Toby and Jody Ryan have pitchers. Maybe they would have, they would have loved Manoa too. I don't know. I know I love Manoa and didn't want to miss him. In, I was only, I only had one starting pitcher at that point. This is that six thirteen pick eighty eight. Um, 
But that cost me Tommy Edmond. It cost me Dalton Varsho. No, I'm not taking Dalton Varsho because I already had a catcher, and I'm not taking Dalton Varsho. But that's another speed guy off the board. I know Toby mm-hmm. took him, but and I'm not saying he's wrong for doing it. But I just, I, I, I've got some discomfort taking him in the top 100. Uh, and I already had Will Smith, and I'm planting my flag on that Will Smith all the time. Taking Will Smith cost me Byron Buxton. But as I admitted to Scott, I wasn't even thinking about taking Byron Buxton. I was like, oh, if Will Smith comes here, I'm going to take Will Smith. And then I need a pitcher. I need a starting pitcher. Hadn't had one yet. So I, I know knowing these things going in, you know, it kind of gives you some blind spots. Uh, and that Buxton was a blind spot miss. Uh, later on, I thought I could wait on Jonathan VR. You, in the main event, you can't wait. I mean, even the 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 Thursday ADP, the three main mm-hmm. events on Thursday suggested I could have waited. But the hell with that. I mean, you, yeah. you, if you know you need it, you know you like the guy, don't play that I'm guessing I'm going to wait. After that, I resolved not to wait, and that came that worked to my benefit because I did get Jake McGee at fifteen three. We needed a second closer. It's turning out pretty good after today's news. Yep, second closer and a half. And, you know, I was thinking maybe half closer because we still don't know if he's a full time closer guy. Yeah. But nonetheless, I did go out and take him. Uh, we we took him. Tim Schuler and I are partners. I got to make sure I give him credit. He <laughs> was on. He was pushing me on McGee too, and we're like, I'm not going to wait again. It's twenty six more picks before we get another player. That's the thing with these the these yeah. fifteen team snake drafts, and when you especially if you're one of the ends and it's the main event, get your guy, get what you need. Don't play the ADP game. Uh, a couple questions for things you did mention there, and the, the Jake McGee thing's great because that's been a fun Twitter. You've been busy today. You'll catch up on that. I, I just saw. I replied <laughs> to Zach a little bit. I, you know, there's a victory. The victory lappers are out in full uh, force. I'm oh, sure yeah. between the three closer things that we're going to discuss throughout this, like there's all kinds oh, yeah. of fun oh, stuff yeah. out there. Um, but a couple things you mentioned there. So it is a 15 team league. Like I talk a lot of 12s and 15s, which we, we go back and forth, but 15s, we always say it's, it's just so much obviously larger of a league. I almost safety at times feels better because the replacement's just not there type situation. So you took pick three. Well, you received pick three. Was your KDS to try to be towards the top or did it you was. kind of, it was okay. That's why yeah, I was wondering. Five is my first choice. Okay. Five, five. I love five this year. Cause I mean, it's, you can't miss with those five, whether it's Turner, Cole, Ramirez, Bichette, or Soto. I know I'm getting someone I love there. Mm-hmm. After that, I have to make a decision. I have to I have to decide Vlad or not to Vlad or not to Vlad. Yeah. I have or or do I push a starter up? Do I go, you know, Burns or DeGrom there? Uh or is it Kyle Tucker or is it Bryce? Who is it gonna be? Of course I got seven on Saturday, uh, and Posma's eight on me in that one too. So super fun there. Uh but yeah, it, it, it it's a, it's a real choice. Uh, I haven't really decided hard where if I don't get in the top five where I want to be. Okay. Normally, I like seven and eight for the draft. That's this debate you have to have. You you think about what's the best first round pick. Where are you most comfortable drafting? Well, generally speaking, I like the middle. Um, I I think Jen Stad feels the same way. I know Ariel Cohen feels the same way. You, you're not as beholden to the runs. Uh, mm-hmm. What, what you can do with your pitching is usually, you know, you can do a lot more things with your pitching seven, eight, nine. So I, I generally speaking, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm going to be drafting seventh on Saturday. So uh, it'll be fun to see the contrast four spots down the line. Definitely. And, and it will be a big contrast, like like you're saying. Um, and I'm with you. The, the more, especially the 15s, like I really want to be in that middle because yeah. if you do miss out on a run, it's like the next thing you know, like it's just like Eno was talking about it on his, on Rates and Barrel. Like he thought he'd get one of these three closers and four picks later, they're all gone. Like yeah. it, and he was just on the turn. That was so. God forbid you do something else. 
Um, it, so it does make a big difference. One of the players you mentioned in the top five, there was Juan Soto. And I just want to get your thoughts on this because I did a little digging into the ADP like everybody else is. Did you know that him and Trey Turner were the only two players to go number one overall in any of the 13 drafts? I knew that Soto did it in the room. Someone in the room took him at one overall. I did not know those were the only two. Yeah, so what my question is, because I love Juan Soto. I think he's a phenomenal ball player, deserves to be in the top five, as you mentioned. I was surprised the only other number one. Like, J-Ram made sense. Maybe a pitcher jumped up. I thought uh, Cole with, would be for sure. Yeah, so that just stood out to me. Like, when you look at ADP, everything, like, there's all kinds of arguments for different things. But that stood out to me. The other thing I wanted to ask you is you talked about when to jump. And that's, like, the hardest thing to figure out at times because you want to jump and then you, in your head. You have, like, the, the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other. Like, which one do I do? <laughs> and it's – um. And then you say you start going for it. And when you look at the ADP from these first 13 drafts, there's a bunch of players, like 60 pick differences in ADP, a max and men's. So depending on what league you're in, it, it could totally be a different story. How do you kind of decide when it's time to jump? Because like you said, some, some of them you didn't. Then you said, screw it, I'm going for it. How, how is it? Like, I guess I'll just put this. Joel asked a question in the chat. Yeah. When do you differentiate your rankings versus what ADP is showing? So when do you trust your rankings to jump the ADP, essentially? I, I think you start doing that early. Um, maybe fifth or sixth round. I mean, it, it depends on the player. How much do you really feel strongly about the player? How much do you really want him? How much does he fit what you're doing? If you've got Vlad in the first round and you feel really strongly about Tim Anderson, you jump him. Um, if you know, and that's just an example. I mean, there are other stolen base guys, uh, but it, it could be as early as the second round if, if that's how it your team, you want to build your team. I think team build is way more important than rankings. And of course, way more important than ADP. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's kind of how I, I look at it. And that's why we do all those DCs and FPC fifties, just to kind of get an idea. And obviously things change this year with no news for like three months. Like you didn't have so a wild. ADP to stuck basically. So it really didn't give you a whole, and now everything is going crazy, but um, that's kind of the whole purpose of doing those is to have an idea of when do I need to roster construct essentially like screw the, the rankings and go. So that, that part is quite interesting. Um, looking back, like you kind of already said, you know, the goods and the bads of your draft, but just looking back in general, um, what were some of your takeaways just from the main events, from what you saw, what you heard, all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, there's always Casey Chaz on Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito is now a second round pick. Yep. So it is. I mean, and guess what? Trailing Casey Chaz is a smart move. Yep. I mean, let's face it. Uh, there's a reason why he waits a little while to jump in on drafts too. I mean, he doesn't want all of his stuff out there, but it, it gets out. Um, obviously everybody wants to know what Phil did. I didn't, the funny thing is I didn't go and look at Phil's board. What a waste, uh, what, you know, wasted opportunity for me there to learn from the master, but, uh, you know, it, it's hard too when you, when you've got a thousand people you want to talk yeah. to and see, you know, James Anderson and, and I were both picking from the three spot and I had to hustle down just to see his board. They're trying to uh, shoo us out a little bit, not Greg and them, (laughs) but Bellagio folks turning off some screens. And I want to see these boards still. Uh, Not very often that you get access to boards from great players. So you want to see that, but um, other things that, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's certain guys that climb others that fall, you know, you, the echo chamber where you hear, the guy that's on your list and you hear him get picked at, at another, another table. You're like, ah, oh, don't hear that at everybody, but everybody hears <laughs> it. Brady Tinker, his voice is a booming voice. And he, he was apparently dialing it down too. And I love Brady. He's awesome. Uh, but he announces that pick and his broadcaster voice, it's going to get heard. And if you, you know, further, not that we don't know these players, we all know the players. 
players. Yeah. We all have our ideas in this. If you're paying $1,700 for a league, you better know who these players are <laughs> exactly. and have a better idea. But it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. I mean, I did. I missed a couple spots. I, I like I picked Taiwan Walker when I could have picked my guy, Carlos Hernandez. Now, yeah. that may not be a fatal error. might not even be an error. But point is, I've been drafting Carlos Hernandez everywhere. And I thought, oh, OK, he wasn't yet even on my list. And I, of course, Carlos Hernandez goes after that. And I'm like, that's my guy. He's everybody's guy. It's not just my guy. I don't have ownership. Well, that, that's that's such a great point because, and that's why I laugh about when I I always joke like one of my pet peeves on like podcast, Twitter, wherever. When people say someone's not talking about someone enough, it's like you guys just aren't paying attention because mm-hmm. there's so much content out there. I'm like, come on, guys! Like this guy's probably been mentioned twelve times already. So that's just so it's just like except Mason, I'll give him. He had Cedric Mullins last year. That's his. He, he brings it up all the time. But uh, for, we for bring most, it up for him though. Yeah, we, it's true. We it's absolutely, it, it's better uh, we bring it agent. up. It's better we bring it up so that we don't have to hear him talk about it more. And it works out better. Danielle taught me that one. Yeah, um, I think but, I think we pump Justin up more than Danielle does, even too. I mean, we, she, we she are pumps him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So totally different there, but um, yeah, it is it is fun. It it is fun uh, to to hear the different voices. And one thing you did say there with Casey Chodish in general, and it'll be one of the last things I'll talk about for this main event is. I love looking at the ADP, and it's like I don't even play in the main event. I play 15 team leagues. But I play a lot of 12s. Um, I use I play the OCs, but for me, it's just you said the best of the best are here, so it's good to see where they're going to kind of either a justify what you're thinking or hey, do I need to go look at this some more? And I think that's that's why I've tried to tell other people that don't even play on the NFBC platform. Period. I tell them just like hey, just use this as a tool, and it, it can be quite interesting to see. Like Austin Riley dropped like pick 82. You see where. All these other um, like that's injured the guys something that had to give. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always if something moves up, something comes down. So, you know, it's just physics, but in ADP. So it's a yeah. uh, it's it's a ton of fun in that regard. I got one other thing I want to throw yeah. in there too. Is my league in particular was risk averse when it comes to injuries. Okay, you know, I got the max pick on Tatis, as we saw from like Todd Zola and Rob Silver. Just saying that you got a max pick on somebody isn't necessarily like. Good job. You know, yeah. it's it feels but, good in the moment, but then you start getting an uneasy yeah. feeling too. <laughs> I, and well, and it taking Tatis, of course, it was a little, uh, this is my first, you know, league that I've gotten him in. Uh, probably will be my last, but because I got him later than anyone else by a mile. Uh, it was after the first break. We take, break, uh, you know, there's always a break after the first 10 rounds. And I even talked to Scott Jensen. I was like, hey, am I taking crazy pills? Uh, I, I have to take a chance on this if he comes. I'd like, I want to talk to Toby on Thursday. Yeah. See why he did not take him. But, he's super uh, risk averse. I can tell you that right now. Well, yeah, and the whole room is that way. And it's a smart yeah. way to play. It's mm-hmm. a completely smart way to play, especially when it's all your money and all that. Yeah. But at some point, you have to make that determination yeah. whether it's uh, worth it or not. And I'll tell you what, that inter- discouraged me from taking future risks, uh, whether it's a prospect or another injured guy. Well, and that that's the big point to it. Like, you can take a risk. That's been discussed by many um, but with like no IL spots, seven player benches, you only get one of those spots basically because you need those other mm-hmm. roster spots. So yeah, you take them then you can take them on Luis Castillo, almost a pick 200 Flaherty at 300, whatever you want to do, um, or take the prospects like O'Neill Cruz back to triple A. So now he's sitting there for two weeks or whatever, but that's the risk you took. So I, I get that there. And to your, to, to the risk factor is I draft safe also, but I could see in the overall competition, thus the main event taking that risk because as you know and anybody else knows if for some reason tatis does come back healthy in like the end of may and you got like four months of tatis that's still pretty darn good like really good so that's the risk reward you're taking with that toll 
platform. Yeah, I cannot believe they sent uh, the pirates sent down O'Neill Cruz. By the way, isn't that just dumb? Yeah. Just, I, I don't like, get that. And then now they have no chance to get the incentive to get rookie of the year. It's just, just well, I guess he could still get it if he sits out two weeks or whatever. The pirates are jerks. I think that's yeah. really the real takeaway from here. Uh, much. Bob Nutting is a jerk. Um, I yep. think that's what we can take away from. Is that. it is it an NL Central pill they all take? Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, You know, we'll we'll see with the Reds. I think Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo have a chance of breaking the team. But I I also think pitchers, the service time thing isn't nearly as important to manage. Uh, There's countless other risk items there. But uh, with hitters, I get it. I I understand the incentives are there for the the Cubs to mess around with Chris Bryant's service time. Still makes it no less cynical, but I get it. Um, Yeah, I'd hate to see it there. In the end, business is business as much as it sucks for us, the fans, us, the fantasy players. But it's like, if it is what it is, and that's the that's where the CBA needs to fix it. But I don't know if it ever will after what we that, just saw. They just had a chance, and they yeah, did I, know, not. I don't think I, I think it's just one of those things. Good thing just, they cured tanking too, right? Yeah, exactly. That's working out so well, so fast. But you kind of hinted on it already, so I'll jump to it with the Reds. Um, you talk about Ladello and company. They've already said Luis Castillo is going to start the season on the IL. Very mm-hmm. good chance Mike Miner starts the season on the IL. Mm-hmm. So do you? But then we hear yesterday it's a, like San Martin and some others might have a chance. Who do you think kind of maybe leaves spring with a chance to give us some some early starts? So they just announced uh, before the pod today that uh, uh, Tony Santian is going to the bullpen. So that's one less name. Uh, so you're looking at. Three, three, three prospects, uh, Green, Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, who also can throw 100. Uh, they've, and then you're looking at Reaver San Martin. Uh, who else? Uh, it, it's, it gets pretty slim pretty fast. But, uh, they're, they, well, they, they have, there's other names. A uh, you know, name that people aren't going to be on is Ben Lively, uh, who uh, was in the KBO last year. An original yeah. Red, believe it or not. He, he was traded from, once traded for Marlon Bird. Uh, if you want to go back in the the machine there, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at the other guys on this list and, you know, Justin Dunn's also going to begin the year on the L but the only two sure things are Tyler Molly on opening day and Vladimir Gutierrez beginning the year in the rotation, probably not ending it in the rotation. Other than that, I think there's a lot of moving parts. I think Castillo and Miner both begin the year on the IL and then it's going to be pretty slim after that. Yeah, I guess a lot of uh, short outings, long relievers, kind of a mix mash of uh, fun in yep. Cincinnati. On the same note, Lucas Sims, they officially based, said he's going to start the year on the IL. They kind of all knew he was yep. going to, but it's, it's official now. Um, is it Luis Sessa or are we looking somewhere else here? Because according to MLB.com, it's Luis Sessa, but we know Ryan Roof does great work for you guys. And we got the other guys at uh, Reliever Recon and many others. That It's all over the board. Bobby Nightingale was also saying that it could be Art Warren. I think it's going to be a committee. Um, I think it's going to be more of the same frustration that we've been dealing with with David Bell. Maybe some mitigating changes, who knows? Although Amir Garrett isn't there to jerk around anymore, so we got that. But uh, I think Warren and Sess are the top two guys. Don't sleep on Hunter Strickland, Dari Moretta, uh, Tony Centian. They might all be part of it there uh, until Sims is ready. I think Sims has got the best chance to lead the team in saves, but leading the team might be 12 saves. True, true. That's the conundrum of it all. But they always, as they always say, and I said, I said it for years, like the Royals and others, bad teams still get like fifty to sixty wins too. So yeah. you, you might run into some one well, way or another. I'm thinking more just because they're going to share, spread them around. I think they're sure. going to go poor man raise on us or Mariners yeah. for that matter. That Plenty of sense. enough enough saves out there, but not enough 
for one legit closer. Yeah, now, if that makes exactly. that makes a ton of sense. Um, before we get to a few other closer questions, I do want to get your thoughts on this because I think it's more of it's definitely a guessing game. But uh, humidors in all these ballparks now. Boog Shambi's come out and said he got a report, and I'm like, and first thing in my head is I've been screaming this for a long time, saying this can kind of even the playing field if you do it properly. Each ballpark plays with a different ball, but it kind of neutralizes park factors. We'll see if that actually happens. But um, how are you approaching this? Because this could really change things even though we're still kind of blind i mean honestly we're guessing some it's dimensions too uh you know in some cases miami seattle it might help uh the ball fly a little bit more at least that's the theory uh it's supposed to neutralize humidity basically as yeah. a factor we'll see if that works in washington dc in july uh, or yeah. i guess there or cincinnati or anywhere else uh, in the midwest and east eastern seaboard where it seems the ball seems to fly out more in the summertime I don't know why you would ever want to discourage offense right now, but uh, that's another story for another day. Yeah. We still don't know what baseball we're using, Jeff. So yeah, I know. Uh, I know. It's, it's just, and they're not going to tell us. No, we'll, no. We'll, we'll wait for Dr. Meredith Wills to tell us uh, that they've yeah. changed it yet again. It's going to be a grab bag. This game yeah. will be different than the next. It'll be so mm-hmm. much fun. Uh, some more closer news, though. The Giants, they uh, they basically said Jake McGee is going to be the closer. Everyone that asked me the entire offseason, I said it's like I thought it'd be 65 35, uh, McGee Doval, just because just what they did last year with McGee. That's just what they're mm-hmm. going to do until McGee falls apart. That's just how it's going to go. Rodgers will even sneak in there. So you said you grabbed McGee, uh, you drafted McGee in your main event. Um, are you moving him up a bunch in, in your um, rankings or just kind of a, yeah, he's going to get it, but still not like an overwhelming amount situation. I actually had more saves for McGee over Duvall to begin with. So no, I haven't changed my projection today. Uh, I might go take another look at it and tweak it a little bit. Cause I also think it's not locked down hundred percent. He is the closer every single time sort of situation. I, th- I think he's a pretty good pitcher. I think he did a pretty good job last year. He's a one pitch pitcher though, for the most part. He's not. He threw the fastball at ninety percent of the time last year. Uh, just he has to locate it well and get good movement, and that seems to work. But um, I, I also think that Gabe Kapler will occasionally use others. McGee got hurt for a little bit last year. Uh, Rogers was very good. good. He just doesn't get guys to swing and miss a whole lot there. Um, and then Duvall is a wild card. He could be dominant. Or he could be in AAA. He walked a ton of guys in AAA last year, and that's the thing that worries me a little bit. Yeah, that's the big you, – you nailed on it all. Like Rodgers, I always loved. He just doesn't strike guys out, but he's darn legit. He gets the ground balls and makes things happen. And Duvall, he's electric. But uh, the reason he we no one really knew about him until about September last year is because he walked the farm every time he's had a chance to be up mm-hmm. there. So, And I hate that from my closer. Yep. As a Giants fan, between Brian Wilson and others, I've experienced that too many times. So – uh, it's a lot of fun. Blake Trinan going to LA now. Everyone was like, oh, Kinley's in Atlanta. It's Blake Trinan's job. And Dave Roberts flat out said that we're going to use Trinan in high leverage situations. Trinan says he prefers to be in high leverage situations. Um, that opens it up potentially for Daniel Hudson. Uh, how are you approaching this in LA? I think it's going to be 60, 60 or 55, 35, 10X. I don't know what the 10 is, you know. It could be Craig Kimbrell for all we know still someday. Um, it could be Bruce Dark Gratterall. It could be, you know, I think Roberts is going to, you know, I think he's still going to go to Trinan more often than not, uh, but there'll be knots also. 
uh, there'll be times, like you said, a uh, high leverage situation will come up in the seventh or eighth and he's fine doing that. He, he, he likes that. So that's all, that's all good. But I still think he gets more saves than anybody else in that bullpen. It just might be, it might not be top 10 closer number of saves. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is everyone all of a sudden pushed him up their ranking so highly when the Jansen deal happened. It's almost like you got to backpedal that a bit now because yep. he's not going to be that locked in guy that everyone was, was hoping for. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they besides just you know the O'Neill Cruz stuff, they said pretty much Bednar and Stratton are going to be um, splitting the role. Which yeah, is... they said that right at the very end of the draft, and Toby was yeah. happy to show me the tweet before he took Stratton, so that was fun. Yeah, um, so that's a tough one. He goes Pittsburgh closer Chris Stratton. I, I, I've had Stratton a lot of places, so I'm yeah. fine with that. And I had I don't I, if I have a Bednar share, it's one. Um, I can't quite remember if I do, though. I think Bednar is a very good pitcher, but yeah. I think the Pirates would prefer to use a, a veteran and, you know, treat him like Rich Rodriguez and, and trade him if possible. So, uh, and they're truly a terrible team, especially once they sent O'Neill Cruz down. So, yeah. yeah, that was my thoughts. That's why I have a ton of Stratton in like DCs because I figured they'll let Bednar mm-hmm. do his thing and then they'll trade him. That was my whole thought. This is what they do, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It might still happen that way. Because that yeah. makes sense for their system. Well, they, like, and they uh, don't have any incentive to trade Bednar yet. He's young and cheap, where Stratton's old. Um, yeah, and, former and, Giants prospect. It's been a while. So Yeah, starting pitcher. Yeah. yeah. He went over, I believe it was in the Reynolds deal. Or the, maybe it's the McCutcheon deal, now I think about it. Which was the Reynolds deal. Never mind. Same one. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, they, God, I, I try to blank that from my memory. Yeah, well, um, we all have our bad trades, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, sticking with Pittsburgh, one more thing. So apparently five days ago, Cabrian Hayes tweaked his ankle, and the news came out today that this happened. He's day to day. He's doing pretty much all base uh, baseball activities mm-hmm. except running, which I guess leaves you kind of optimistic, still slightly concerned. Um, what's your thoughts on Cabrian Hayes right now? Well, you have to run in baseball more often than not, and so that's a problem, especially because the trade off with getting when you get Cabrian Hayes, you're banking on ten stolen bases ish. Um, at the trade-off for less power. And so, you know, you're losing that part of the benefit of the bargain. Yeah, he's pretty much a don't draft after that. Because uh, yeah. you're not getting 25 to 30 homers. At least we don't think we are. There's there's upside. There's still a, that upside. And he hit with power when he first got called up in 2020. Uh, but he didn't hit with power in the minors either. So he might come. It's still a lot of times prospects, it takes a while for the power to grow in. But this is, you know, last year was such an injury marred year, different injury. It's not like he, you know, his wrist caused his ankle to get hurt, but uh, yeah, it it puts, it pushes him down for me. He's like usually ninth or 10th round on a 15 teamer. Now he's going to go below a few other third basemen for sure. For me, at least. Yeah. I'm with you. And that's the, that's the tricky part is he was starting to kind of grow on me a little bit. And all of a sudden uh, this takes place and it's like, well, we're back to not, uh, not drafting you anytime soon, but yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it was, if it's as minor as it could be, or if it really is like, hey, he can't run, like it's that bad. So yeah. I'm I'm curious to see where it, where it all settles, and the fact he already has the ankle injury before the season starts, we get we see those get retweaked real quickly, and that's yeah. kind of scary as well. Uh, the Giants have a couple fun injuries: uh, Evan Longoria mm-hmm. getting finger surgery. They're going to reevaluate in ten to fourteen days, and Lamont Wade Jr. will start the season on the IL as well. Does that uh, intrigue you at all on anybody like uh, Darren Ruff or um, maybe even a, a, a Wilmer Flores in these late deep drafts just to get for a couple weeks? Yeah, Flores a little bit. 
Uh, I've already got him because he's multi-position and, you know, he's just generally, he's a pretty good platoon guy. I don't, he doesn't usually get those at bats against Ruddy's that you might trade volume for efficiency there a little bit. Uh, but I think you're probably okay getting the extra volume from him early on. Uh, it's hard to use a guy like Flores because his platoon side is against lefties. So you, you know, it's hard to see like, okay, he's going to get four starts in this half week or something like that. You know, so it you know it has to be a pretty deep league to use him. But if you, if he's going to play every day for the first few weeks of the season, all the better. I think Longo is going to be out for a while. Yeah. Uh, he said no swinging for seven to ten days, right? Yep. Uh, which means you know, add on tack on some more extra time there. Plus, he might be limited once he does come back. Yeah, his his deal sounds bad just for the fact we're going to have surgery and we're not going to even really look at it for like ten days. Yeah. So, like, don't move it, basically. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not good. That's not good at all. All right, Andrew Vaughn. Um, again, a guy that should be playing first base or third base, playing the outfield, dove for a ball, injured his pelvis, going to be out a couple weeks, they say. Shouldn't be a problem, but we'll see. We've seen Gavin Sheets get some run in the outfield. They just made a mm-hmm. trade uh, today to get, um, I think it was Hazley from Pitts, from Philadelphia. Yeah, I think what that's is, a sign that they, they expect Vaughn to be out for a while, right? Yeah. So are you going to go sheets or is none of it interesting? Three sheets to the wind. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gavin sheets is intriguing. Pay attention to his qualifications in many leagues. He's UT only to start the year, uh, depending on where you play. In my league, it's, it's 10 games, my home, my AL home league. So all of a sudden he had three positions, you know, and we use DH as a position, believe it or not. We're, we're that old school, but uh, we're just old too. Um, but yeah, you know, in in, in FPC, he's UT only, so UT you're only. still limited with him to begin the season. But he'll get that eligibility pretty darn quick. He'll get that quick. At first, I I drafted him in some deep leagues, hoping to get first base because he got that. He had I think he had like 18 games there last year, mm-hmm. so he didn't qualify to start the season, but he would have. You know what I mean? So I, I could see that happening. I was scared when I saw Abreu taking reps in the outfield. I was like, do not put him out there. That's the last thing we need, uh, Tony Larusa. But we'll, we'll see what was happens. That a, was that a farcical tweet, or was that someone that actually they was saw him taking, taking reps? He was taking reps. In I the thought outfield. I saw a tweet, but I thought it was like uh, you know one of those parody Twitter. But if it is a parody, if, if it is a parody, I blame Mike Kerland. So we're gonna yeah go that because way. it was like that, and he goes yeah, and that's it's good because that's his natural position or something like that. Using the irony based off of Andrew Vaughn because you know hey I, the, the White Sox screwed him much like the uh, the Red screwed Nick Senzel in terms of okay we're gonna move you off your natural position despite you being our, our, our high high draft pick there. Oh, I just have take a long view, guys. Put him where he belongs and let him just develop. Are you are you believing in a Senzel buyback like everyone wants to again this year? Don't call it a comeback. I'm still there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get him in the main though. Uh, but yeah, I I, I I think there's talent. Yeah. And now the the cost of acquiring that talent is dirt cheap. True. Take some chances on that. Sure. Why not? True. I'm with you there because I've I think I look every year I have at least a couple shares in every draft of him and it's just like ah it's like he's like Byron Buxton light to me. It just it just won't stay there. But uh, a couple other guys here, uh, Albert Pujols back to the Cardinals for me does nothing. But does it have any deep league relevance for you? Uh, if you're playing like in a score sheet league <laughs> or stratomatic league, and you you know you're setting the lineups and you can platoon them, he crushed lefties last year. He has That's uses. Uh, he's going to be there as long as they don't let him DH against uh, right-handers. I think it's okay. Uh, don't let send, although it's Cardinal devil magic, they'll find a way to make him have a 950 OPS again somehow. Uh, but no, uh, I, I, 
it's fun. It's a fun little story for the Cardinals. Good for them. They get, you know, it was a fun little weekend when they came back there last year, but I, I'm not going to draft him in any league, but good for him. Yeah. I was kind of surprised they were willing to do it, but man, one, one last run with, uh, with Yachty and company, I guess is, is the goal there. Uh, the Oakland A's, they brought back Jed Lowry, who was actually sneaky fantasy relevant for times last season. Just um, as he, emotional too, of a, of yeah. a tie there. So there you got that. True. He's very, very emotional for that. But does he enter the chat for you uh, as a late round, like middle infield option? I just drafted him in a score sheet league, but again, <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe as, as a platoon guy, uh, yeah. I, I, I want to try to limit him a little bit if in our, in our format, uh, five by five Roto league, I'm probably not going to draft him, but I had to add a projection for him. So there you go. I guarantee you there'll be a point this season where he's one of the more popular waiver wire pickups. He'll be, he'll to... be batting cleanup for the A's. Yep. Exactly. But, uh, it'll, it'll happen. That's will be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's he'll be there with Seth Brown and these other guys hitting 230 but hitting 20 home runs. It'll be so Seth much Brown is someone I am hitting. Uh, I am in on place. Seth Brown and Tony Kemp. I have way too many shares of those two, okay. it seems like. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Chris Archer signed with the Minnesota Twins. This, like, he's going to get the chance if he can stay healthy. This Twins team's going to score runs in a bad division. I'm not saying run to go draft him, but he might be worth a, a, a stab late in drafts potentially. Yeah, it looks like he'll be their fifth starter. Uh, it suggests to me that they're going to take their time making a trade for another starter. I think that's a mistake. I think they should, but maybe they just, they don't want to give up Jose Miranda to get Frankie Montas or Manaya If that's, if that's even in the discussion, but I think they're just trying to, they, they, they've kind of reached an impasse on those trade talks is my, my read on that. And so they had to get another arm. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it seemed like they were so close at one point in time and they just kind of went away. And that next thing you know, they're signing Chris Archer. So I think you're right. They kind of hit that wall, and here we are. So let's go to battle with this. And if we have to, we'll figure it out as the season goes along. Uh, this one kind of bummed me out, but I'm not surprised by it at all. Uh, Christian Javier is going to start the season as a long me man too. in the bullpen, which he did a lot last year. I was hoping he'd take that fifth spot because I love what he has to offer. I still think there'll be a point he gets there because Jake Odorizzi will be the number five, it looks like, for Houston with McCullers out with injury. But you can't imagine McCullers healthy for the whole season. You can't imagine Odorizzi being good enough or healthy. So yeah. Javier will get his. But how does that affect draft day for you now? Oh, I'm pulling up my shares uh, <laughs> tool on the on the NFBC, and I find I, I actually only have one Christian Javier share. I must have them on other platforms. Uh, but I, I I had him high in my rankings. Um, I loved him with McCullers being out. I thought all that high strikeout upside was going to make make it really kind of a fun little pick to get uh and i now i mean he's still useful and again even in, in some de- like an only league an ale only league you can still roster him and still be fine uh but in the nfbc i mean you're gonna have to you know you don't know when you're gonna have him active he's one of those guys where his cumulative stats are gonna look better than your experience in rostering him true True. It's it's almost one of those where you have to just start him every week, <laughs> otherwise you're yeah, gonna miss yeah. the, you're gonna like miss the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Or Loisega, who I by the way, I get Loisega frequently. Yep. Uh but it you gotta t- you can't time try to time the market. You just gotta okay, they got seven games, he's in there. The biggest thing I'd say is if he does not get drafted for some reason, like pay f- very close attention to that situation so you can get him earlier because or if he, he gets cut in the first lot. week or two, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'll be very expensive when he because he will get his chance at what at some point in time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, are you buying into Jesus Lazardo, who has been a monster this spring? Looks like this whole new guy. There's curveball more than his fastball his last outing and was just phenomenal. Are yeah, it's more than in? one outing now. Yeah, yeah no, that's why I, can't, I can't even like downplay it anymore. Yeah, I, I missed a chance to trade from maybe on the cheap or at least before his price went up uh, in a league uh, that was a keeper league. So, yeah, uh, I'm intrigued. And the thing is, we were all intrigued with the idea when the Marlins made the deal, right? I mean, we were all like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, they gave up Starling Marte for two months, but they've got a potential ace now. Or he, But then he continued to do his thing in Miami, which is the same in Oakland, and have a six ERA. And we're like, okay, I can safely write him off. Guys aren't ch- players aren't chess pieces. They have they're not they don't have static value. They change all the time. Uh, looks like they fixed something with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I was happy to see him kind of go home, get to a place that knew how to deal with pitchers, and see what he could do. It's been eight and two thirds innings, so let's hope for for the best. <laughs> but it, it so far it's looked good. On the same note, are you uh, is Mitch Keller doing it? He did it for the third start today. Like mm-hmm. he's just looking phenomenal. Another guy. I just improved his projection today. Um, I'm a little slow on that you know I, I didn't buy the hype video in the uh, during the lockout there but uh when you back it up with good outings now i'm okay i'll buy it a little bit more i'm just waiting for a way for the the pirates to screw him up but bingo uh i i, I wouldn't mind drafting him a couple of times i, I haven't drafted him yet yeah, he's his ADP's climbing. He's a guy that's burned many of us in the past. So sure. it'll be interesting to see how this one rolls here. But Lazardo, Keller's a handful of them. Verlander looks great right now. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, and then Noah Syndergaard, who I had next up on the list, looked phenomenal in his first start. I believe he threw 60 pitches, three and two thirds innings. And Joe Madden came out today and, you know, it could just be coach speak for all we know. He said there will not be an innings limit on him, which I find kind of hard to believe. You just, you know, got this guy over here. We'll see. Um, I was kind of avoiding Thor in all drafts. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you doing, or what are your what's your interest in, in Noah Syndergaard during yeah. the drafts right Very, now? It was, it's tepid. It's like dipping my toe in the water with that. I will say this about Madden: when he's not busy inventing baseball again, um, he is kind of accurate what he says. Last year, he said there would be no restrictions on Otani. You know, we, we might even have him hit on Daisy pitches. It happened. Yeah. Otani had an amazing year. Should have been paying a little bit more attention to that, maybe. That's very true. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still, like I like you said earlier, I'm kind of a risk-averse drafter, so I'm kind of scared to take Cindergard still. But, man, it's like <laughs> we, we know what he can do if he can stay healthy. It's yeah. just, it's just, and that division, and now that the A's are doing what the A's are doing, it just makes those starts even better. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah. for sure. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I was doing. We were covering the FSGA's best ball league draft today on the, the Rotowire show on Sirius XM and the same team drafted Severino Thor and sale uh, the three TGS guys from the spring training of 2020. I it, it, talk about boomer bust. It yeah. could be like three aces he could have, or he could have 30 innings total. I mean, you just don't know really, but it's a wild um, one. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm, I'm quite the best ball might be the format to try that in. Let's put it that way. So, oh, it, yeah. As, as we always like to say, better and best ball. Sometimes yes. it's actually true, though. Herman yeah. Marquez definitely is true. Much better in best ball. Definitely, definitely true. So, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, a few more here. Bryson Stott, the big time prospect for the Phillies. It uh, looks like now he's going to be, he might lock in as the everyday third baseman, uh, getting Alec Baum out of the way. Uh, any, like, I, I didn't think Bryce has thought had a chance to start the season with the Phillies, but now it looks like there's a really good chance he starts the season with the Phillies. Is that moving him up the boards for you at all? 
Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he had a pretty good Arizona Fall League. Uh, he, I don't really know what to make out of this, but I also don't think that Didi is an everyday player. I think he needs a t- some time off here and there too. So you could see still see some time at shortstop, and that way Baum still is part of the picture. It, it improves their defense a lot. These Phillies <laughs> defense, we can make all the jokes, but uh, and I typically I have been that one guy, but. Uh, Bomb, Didi, they're below average defensive players. I mean, Hoskins is a terrible defender. Uh, Castellanos is a terrible defender. Schwarber, you know, at least one of them has a DH slot. But this is this is a team full of butchers. So yeah. getting Stott in there actually helps improve that defense a lot. It's the beer league softball team with every guy that's got at least one knee brace and he's just out mm-hmm. there because they can score 16 runs, but they pray they only give up 14. That, that's right. what, that's what this team's. They're not there to play defense at all. It's, it's hilarious Better to get watch. Some strikeout pitchers. That's for sure. All I know is the bleacher seat should cost a lot of money this year. If they want to really make some cash, because there'll be yep. a lot of balls out there. So for sure. That'll be fun. Uh, one of the last things I have for you here is back to the closers notes. You mentioned the joke on the Rays, like what are the Rays going to do earlier? Well, it's like, you have all these, these, pieces in place but now peter fairbanks might be out for a while which kind of takes one of the bigger options out of the way for andrew kittredge who still you know he had eight saves last year projection sites have him for 19 or 20 those are just projections of course yeah but he's going super late in drafts does he interest you a bit more now yeah i always feel like a twinge of regret when someone takes uh, kittredge because he's also going to get you some wins too uh i I probably I've, I've only got him projected for like seven or eight saves, but that's only because it's the raise raise being raised. But, you know, I, I feel like maybe I should, I'm probably going to update that projection, but fire Ryzen's another guy. Charge is another guy. Whistler. I think at one point we were all yeah. thinking that that magical slider of his was going to get a chance to close some games out too. You know, posh might be coming back this year. There's options for them. It's just that they seem to grow on trees in Tampa. So that that's the one thing is they're good at developing uh relief pitcher types. So I, I still have some interest in Kittredge, but I'm probably behind the field on that one. But he, even though he is cheap, I, I, I do feel like every time he goes, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, and then I scroll down and, and cross him off because he's usually lower, but he went in the 13th in my main event. Uh, Scott Davis, who I've got a side bet with uh, round of golf. Actually, he, he, he came and proposed that to me before the draft. I like how he did before the draft, not after. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't say, oh, your team sucks so bad. Let's just do a round of golf. But, no, it's cool because uh, it's a course called Oak Quarry. If you ever get down here, Bubba, we're going to have to play that. Is that but, the one you said is your favorite one? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's out east of me. Uh, it's out in Riverside, but it, it's a great track. I'll have to check it out. I always like playing new courses. That's one of my favorite things to do is kind of drive somewhere and try something new. I go as far as I've gone as far as Santa Barbara. So I'm, I'm always willing to try some, some fun ones. Well, that's, that's halfway to me. Yeah. Santa Barbara, right? It's, it's midground. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get together at some point for sure. Oh, we'll we're, we're, I'm bringing, I'm bringing my clubs to Arizona this year. So I will be golfing in Arizona. That's happening. super. Yeah. I like it. Um, but one more question before we get to the listener questions I have for you. Red's question. Tyler Stevenson, I am so torn on this individual. Mm-hmm. Like as someone that follows the team like you do, is he worth being one of the top catchers off the board? Is he going to be that massive power, not massive, like 20 potential 20 home run guy that everybody hopes he can be? Well, I think I've since moved him down a little bit because they torn up the roster up around him. You know, when Buck when when Tucker Barnhart left, that's fine. Uh that, that mean more playing time for Stevenson. But you take away a Winker, an on-base guy around him, Suarez, and you know a guy that can maybe knock him in. 
or at least, you know, there's another guy that could take some walks here and there. You take those guys away and what are you left with? And I think the counting stats aren't going to justify the price. Now, Stevenson actually went cheaper. I'm trying to, I'm pulling up my board to see exactly where he went in the 13th round. In fact, one pick before Kittredge. There you go. <laughs> that reasonable price. That's like 190. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, actually, no, did I get that right? Yeah, it, it's in that range. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I could, I can get on board with that. Uh, earlier when he was going around 140, not so much. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was. For a while there, you either had to take him as an uh, early catcher two if you went like Rio Muto or he was your catcher one. And it was one of those like, what are yeah. you doing? But now you can wait on him a bit and it becomes a little more intriguing to me now. So that's why I want to get your thoughts on uh, and the if Tommy If I get Sam an early catcher, I'm not going to take him though. Um, yeah, true. That's the thing. I, if I get an early catcher, we're talking really early, like Will Smith or Rio Muto, which I get a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not taking another catcher till a 20 plus round. Uh you know, if I can get Jacob Stallings, that's my second, a guy that plays a lot, all the that's better. A great one. Yep. Um, you know, Barnhart's another one that's just fine. Mm-hmm. Cromulent. Um, I'm not going to spend those team picks on a catcher. Okay. Uh, it, it makes sense. I, well, seeing how different people draft differently is so much fun because there's so many ways to, to put sure. it together. And that's kind of the fun of it. Because, like, you know, Toby – he likes to take, you know, Rio Mito early, as we all know. But he likes mm-hmm. to, like, back it up with a stud right away. It's almost like he wants, like, two starters, a closer, two catchers. Like, it's like his deal. But um, you can wait on catchers. You can piece it together like you did. It's it's, it's a lot of fun ways to uh, to put it all together. Let's get some listener questions here. Benny Dykstra asks, the following hitters are not being drafted in 15-team leagues, like Casas, Stott, Duran, Prado, Thomas, a bunch of, uh, like, prospects. Which of them are you willing to drop a good amount of fab on if they get the call? So what are some of these potential prospects you're interested in once they get the call? Um, little Neil Cruz in there now while you're at it if you want. Yeah, I guess. Um, are people? I wonder how much his ADP drops this weekend. It'll be fun uh, to see. I think he'll still get drafted, though. Yeah, because well, I think most people today were like, it, it's only like a two-week thing, but most people are speculating. So we'll see. Yeah, they don't know, though. Yeah, um, it's all speculation. I don't know. Uh, Stott's going to get drafted now too with this news. Um, I think it just depends on what the situation they're stepping into here. Like Casas, you know, he could step right into a starting job if they decide that Dahlbeck's not the guy, or he could be a platoon, in which case, yeah. Prado, I think once they call him up, he's going to play every day. It might be to say goodbye to Carlos Santana. So yeah. and it might be him. I think uh, Duran is another guy that people spent a lot of fab money on and he kind of crapped the bed. Uh, now he's going to begin the year in the minors. Uh, he He's going to have to tear it up in AAA, and even then it might not be good enough because the Red Sox don't really have any room in the end. Yeah. With them signing Story that pushes uh, Enrique Hernandez out to the outfield, they, they don't really have a spot for uh, for Duran, barring injuries or another trade. Yeah, it'll be interesting because they came out this week already and they said they want Enrique to lead off, which we kind of expected, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then um, – when lefties are on the mound, JD is going to start in the outfield, and Jackie Bradley is going to sit. And then when righties are on the mound, JD will DH and Jackie Bradley go to the outfield. So I thought that was yeah. pretty interesting. So you'll keep that outfit eligibility with JD, which is pretty nice as well. Yeah, it's pretty handy. But I'm with you on Prado. That's one of the guys I've I've been circling on a lot of DCs and everything early in the draft season because he's got power speed and could translate pretty nicely whenever they do decide to you know pass the torch, as you said. Right. Um, Liam at Freed Minds asks, who is the last pitcher you guys would be comfortable to have as an SP1? I find I wait around to around round four or five. He's able to get like Peralta or Musgrove, 
after loading up on hitters. So who's like the end of your SP one for you? Uh, he mentioned it. Musgrove. That's who I got. Musgrove. I, I, I think cease. I'm kind of warming up to Toby took him one spot ahead. Uh, Trevor Rogers. If I'm really in a pinch or Logan Webb, uh, Musgrove is my favorite of that tier. Hey, I throw Gossman at the back end of that. I, I, I don't, I'm not as down on Gossman as like Scott Jenstead, my, co- my part, my podcast co-host is, uh, but it, it's in that range. Um, and I, once that's, I get that I'm getting an SP two next round. I got Manoa and the main Musgrove and Manoa is how I, I paired them up. I love Manoa this year. Uh, and I think next year he'll be an SP one. Uh, but uh, it's, it's Musgrove, probably that range, five, six, four, five, five, six, you know, that four, five turn, like, and beginning of the fifth is about as late as I want to wait. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. I think I try to like Peralta. I have a lot of SP ones for me. That's kind of my range. Yeah. So a pretty similar spot. I think the Manoa comment is very, very intriguing because I'm with you there. I, I wonder if a lot of his ADP right now is people are concerned still with potential uh, workload. That's my only guess. Which AL East also maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. Um, but although I, I'm Baltimore with all of a sudden is now a better place to pitch, so <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. But watch him put the humidor in so the ball flies out now. But um, that would be a Baltimore thing to do. Yeah. Um, Marty asks uh, at Beamer underscore Cleaner, do you like both Gibson and Odorizzi at the end of your pitching rotation? Kyle Gibson um, good Rizzi. Uh, I'm gonna f- try to fab Odorizzi just because he is available in ours. Yeah. You know, He's got a role right now, which I just got to figure out who my draft's going to be by Sunday. Uh, it might not be a draft. I did draft Gibson in the 25th, so I like Gibson better. Yeah, I'm team Kyle Gibson as well. Uh, I don't mind Odorizzi as a stream, kind of like how you're talking about picking him up, but Gibson's a guy I can see me rostering more often than not. On my I team. will say this. We're going to get better defense out of Houston than we are Philly. You're going to get a, a good team behind you. But we we did the Odorizzi game last year, and it, it really wasn't a game. It was more of a nightmare. Yeah, it was scary. Very, very scary. Great team to stack against in DFS. Um, John Wilder asked, you kind of hit on it, I think, on, on Twitter. Uh, Nick Crawl said he wants to eliminate Peaks and Valleys as a fellow <laughs> Reds fan. Can you please let me know what Peaks the GM is talking about? That was my tweet. That was the tweet. All right. You know, it's like uh, it, I, when he said that like a week ago, it's just so aggravating there. So, yep. Thanks for teeing me up again on that Reds angst. Uh, yeah, I'm bummed. Yeah, I, I feel for you. Like when I he listened to you and Scott talk A's and Reds and was like, yeah, as a Dolphins fan, I kind of get it, even though they, my guys, they just disappoint me all the time because they're like just good enough to be bad, which yeah. is always frustrating. Um, Mike Carter asks, who is one player over ADP 350 that has really grown on you that you didn't expect to grow on you? Hmm. I didn't think there'd be homework here, but <laughs> uh, the doctor, Jake, the Dr. Mike Carter always has these. Jake, Fra- how about Jake Fraley? I was happy That's to grab one. him in the main. Uh, I don't know. You know that he might platoon. Actually, that might be a problem. But ballpark improvement is is just you know going from Seattle to Cincy. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, he's going to steal some bases too. Uh, so and he's going to play more than Cincy than he would have in Seattle. So that's a guy that has grown on me a little bit. Uh, that I, I grabbed him in the main event as well. Yeah, I guess I could just go with my standard answer that people laugh at me for, but. Um... I'll stick by my guns. My this year's Robbie Ray that's grown on me, which I never thought I would like, is Patrick Corbin. So that's why, a why? Why do you like him now? 
the fastball increase last year, let alone this year in spring, it's our is, is swinging strike rates like 18% given spring small. Sample. That, I know. But no, the swing that that's a it, good stat. Big. That's, that's a about, big, it's not like you're citing man. ERA in eight innings. You're talking about yeah. something that's a little bit more tangible. He, he's, he's effective right now. Um, and with him, a lot of it's just the slider usage. When he, If you go back to his game logs last year, when the slider use was, usage was high, he was doing very well. When it wasn't, he was not because his fastball was just getting torched. So if the fastball gets better, the slider usage is a little better. There's like an avenue for something very, very good, at least at ADP past 350. Um, it's a long shot, but it's a guy we've seen do it before also. And the Nationals have no reason not to throw him as much as he possibly can. So that's also again, true. Again, grasping at straws, but it's past pick three fifty. That's and what it's you a do guy, past three fifty. Yeah, right? we and like you said it, and I. It's all like it was so funny when you said. Uh, I think it was no. Somebody said, like whenever you're drafting, you almost have Jeff Zimmerman's voice in your head. Innings pitched at bats. That's what you're always thinking. Well, Corbin's going to get a ton of innings. Now, what's he going to do with them? Is the question. Mm-hmm. And I think that could translate. So yes, it's a, it's a massive spec, but. It's, uh, it's out there. And the last question we have here is from Dave Mendelson from the Triple Play Pod. If you were to call your shot for the most saves in the San Diego and Seattle bullpens, who do you think leads each team in saves? <laughs> I, 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 you know, when Toby drafted Denelson Lamette, I, I felt a twinge of regret. Um, I always thought it was going to be Robert Suarez, but you're also paying a heavier price for Suarez. Uh, I'll, I'll say Lamette's the guy now. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen an announcement. Have you? No, they haven't announced anything. Um, Lamette's Lamette and Pierce Johnson are the two I've been taking the value on. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I have no idea what they're doing there. Yeah, I, I've for Seattle. I still say it's Ken Giles. Yeah, um, and he's cheap. Uh, but the problem is he could get you zero because he might not be able to pitch. You know, that's that's the thing. But he was throwing 95 in bullpen sessions. They've already said they're going to committee, but you're not going to see Ken Giles as a fireman coming out in the seventh inning, let alone throw multiple innings. We have seen that with Seawald. He had five multi-inning appearances, uh, more than three more than three outs at least. I don't know about a full two innings, but five appearances last year where they, he asked, was asked to get more than an inning worth of outs. Uh, Steckenreiter is my is probably my second choice there. Seawald's the best pitcher perhaps, but – Usage is different with him. Steckenrider is perfectly useful, though, too. He's a good pitcher, and so is Castillo. We'll so see about Munoz. Yeah, they do. They I do. But I go – I I rank them Giles, Steckenrider, Seawald, Castillo fourth. Yeah, I can't argue with that. The, the biggest thing I'll agree with is I think Giles is the guy. Um, yeah. He Like you said – you could see Castillo throwing the eighth because he has. You could see Steckenrider throw the seventh because he has. Um, Seawald could throw the sixth, seventh for all we care. Like they don't mm-hmm. care either, um, and that and he should because he is that good. Yeah. So I, I do think it's Giles' deal. Giles is a lot like Craig Kimbrell. You take him out of that ninth, I wouldn't be shocked if we see the same results the White Sox saw with Kimbrell taking him out of that that closing role. Yeah. Some guys are just bred differently up between the years that they're just they got to be in that ninth inning. So I'm with you on Giles. He's very very cheap. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure. We're going to wrap things up there before we head on out. You have a ton of things between, you know, your, your golf podcast, your, your baseball podcast, your radio, plug it all for Rotowire. Sure. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. So first of all, check us out on Rotowire, rotowire.com slash free gets you that free 10 day trial. We don't require a credit card. You hopefully want to subscribe and that's all we ask. When, if, it go, if you don't want to subscribe after that, it just expires. Very easy. Just have to have a valid email address. Uh, 
you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. That's E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Uh, you can obviously, uh, you can also listen to me on a lot of podcasts. I talk too much. I'm on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Sundays from uh, 10 to 12 best coast time. Uh, that's AM. Uh, and then on Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 out here, uh, Pacific uh, time at 12 to 2 Eastern time. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can catch me on various other things. I do a golf podcast on Wednesday. Uh, and luckily, a lot of people want me to talk. So you can I'll pop up elsewhere here and there, too. And three three baseball pods, one with Scott Jenstad, one with Fred Zinke tonight at five o'clock Pacific. Uh, I'll do one with Fred. Uh, and then uh, it's a guest of the week every Thursday. Yeah, Jeff does awesome work. He doesn't want me to tell you that. But the one thing I will say is the, the Scott and Jeff Sunday night is obviously the staple. But I want to give total props to you and Fred. Um, it gets you. better and better because I know you guys have done it for a while now. But like I think last year is when you guys really started back again for the first. I can't remember. It's recently. But just Fred's baseball mind oh, is so amazing. Sharp. And yeah. so like, I, I love that show. Like, it's so good. Um, it, I, I don't think it gets as much love as it should get. So I wanted to bring that one. Fred, you and Fred is just amazing stuff. Fred is one of the best fantasy baseball players out there, period. He's also one of the best fantasy traders out there. Yes. People don't realize if you play in a trade league, hit Fred up. He is the guy that can give you the best advice on that. Uh, and he's just super nice. He's Canadian. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, you know, national law. Uh, but it, it's true. He is a super great yeah. guy too. I just I wanted to bring it up because podcast. he's just so quiet. Like you don't even really know his Twitter presence. He just kind of does his thing, but he's mm-hmm. super sharp. So people, people should go check it out, but for sure. All right, Jeff, we'll wrap it up there again. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks for having me. Everybody. This is Bench with Bubba episode 456 with Jeff Erickson of Rotowire. Catch you all later. Mm-hmm.